Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. Today is Thursday, December 7th, a day after the Iraq study group released its much-anticipated Baker-Hamilton report recommending a new course of action in dealing with Iraq. Today I speak to Cato's Director of Foreign Policy Studies, Christopher Preble, about the report's shortcomings, its saving graces, and Chris's own take on how to handle the debacle. This report seems to fall far short of the kinds of recommendations that you were hoping for. That's right. It's not surprising. We knew quite a bit about the report even before it was issued. As I anticipated, as many people anticipated, the commission recommended trying to reduce U.S. troops in Iraq, but they stopped short of calling for a timetable for withdrawal. And most importantly, the withdrawal that they're proposing is based on conditions on the ground. And and as I said in my statement and, and elsewhere, the Bush administration has wanted to draw down troops in Iraq conditions permitting for over three years and hasn't been able to because the security conditions have not been good. And that's why we still have 140,000 troops in the country. And frankly, I think even if the Bush administration followed the letter of the ISG's recommendations, particularly on the number of troops in the country, there could still be quite a number of troops in Iraq several years from now, which is, is I, don't, I don't think, in the U.S. Uh, strategic interest. How is the security situation in Iraq now more ripe for a drawdown of troops than it was, say, a year ago? Well, the truth is it's not. The security situation is, if anything, more tenuous today than it was a year ago, primarily because the political process, which was right about this time, of course, was the uh, nationwide elections, which ultimately put the current government in power. But between the time when the elections were held and when the government was seated, we had the horrible bombing in Samarra and the violence and the sectarian kind of reprisal killings that have taken place since then. Uh, By all indication, most of the violence that's now taking place in Iraq is sectarian violence. It is Iraqis killing other Iraqis. And in fact, the U.S. military mission has completely changed. We're in a position now where the Bush administration doesn't want to call it a civil war, but if it were a civil war, the next question is who exactly, on whose side exactly, is the U.S. military supposed to fight? And there is no good answer for that. Do you think the very existence of the ISG and the report is a way for the administration to admit failure without actually having to say so, That to admit that indeed Americans can't win this war themselves? I think it's highly unlikely that the president will ever say anything like, I made a mistake or anything uh, even suggesting that we have not won a great victory in Iraq. On the other hand, the resignation of Donald Rumsfeld and the, the ascension of Robert Gates who was previously uh, one of the panelists on the ISG, suggests, even as Mr. Gates said in his confirmation hearing yesterday, that they are looking for fresh eyes. And I think that is useful. I think that we know that there are other panels working on recommendations for what to do with Iraq, both in the Pentagon and in the National Security Council. And so at least the president is kind of showing a willingness to consider other options. That doesn't mean, however that there will be a change in course. And ultimately, I think the political environment here in the United States, as much as in Iraq, is demanding of a change in course. And so it's still too soon to say whether that actually will happen. Now, Robert Gates has said that this isn't the last word. And this report is one among many voices in the administration, the Pentagon, the military. So how tough is the competition for Bush's ear? The competition is very tough. Ultimately, it is the president's authority and credibility that it's on the line. He is the one who ultimately can make a decision on what to do as far as the troop levels, as far as the strategy. 
And so there is a lot of competition. There are a lot of ideas that he's, he's hearing from a lot of different quarters. I think that the elections and the, the strong sentiment shown by the American public, uh, nearly 60% of whom now support a timetable for the withdrawal of some troops, I do think that is going to have an impact. I think it's already had an impact in terms of the Democrats becoming a bit more unified, not not yet, but a bit more unified on the, on the need for a withdrawal timetable, but also some Republicans now stepping forward and saying we cannot have an open-ended commitment. We have to have a plan in place for drawing down the U.S. troop level in Iraq. And it was it is when more and more Republicans step forward that I think you're likely to see the greatest pressure on the White House to change course. New and enhanced diplomatic and political efforts, states the report. Obviously, that means drawing Iran and Syria into regional talks. How would that work? Well, the point is that all of Iraq's neighbors, all of them, do not want to see Iraq's civil war uh, become a full-scale civil war and ultimately, even worse, a regional conflict. Iran's position today is much stronger than it was three and a half years ago. We've removed their two primary competitors, strategic competitors, Afghanistan under the Taliban and now Saddam Hussein, and they do not want to see their a strong strategic position upset by a regional conflict. And that's a distinct possibility if the civil war spirals if Iraq's neighbors increase their support for the various sectarian groups inside of Iraq, then there is a very real danger that the civil war could become kind of the foundation for a regional conflict. That is not in the U.S. interest. It is not in the interest of any of Iraq's neighbors. And I think on the basis of that one shared interest, we have many, many divergent views with respect to the Iranians and the Syrians on many, many issues, including support for terrorism and, and a lot of other issues. But on this one core issue, the, the need for trying to contain the violence in Iraq and ultimately hopefully bring it down, I think there is strong support throughout the region for cooperation and therefore a possibility that diplomacy uh, will, will succeed. So overall, did Baker and Hamilton let us down? I think, on the one hand, they they rejected the most unpalatable option, which was increasing the number of troops in Iraq. There were we know that there were some people advising them uh, that they should increase the troops, including Senator McCain, who that's been his position for some time. They turned aside that recommendation, I think, wisely. I think the uh, the suggestion that we reach out to Iraq's neighbors is a good one. My frustration and disappointment is that they did not. Uh, follow the the wishes of the American public and really come out strongly in favor for a timetable for withdrawal. We can debate the parameters of that timetable. We can talk about how long it should take. We can talk about what we should do within the context of a withdrawal to mitigate these worst-case scenarios, like I've said, the possibility of a regional conflict. But ultimately, the American public and the Iraqi public has to know when this military mission is going to come to an end. And after all this work and after, after the report's been issued, we still don't have any good idea when this mission will come to an end.